What is good, Divine Pill family? Listen, I just finished unloading <laughs> a podcast, but I'm really hopeful about what's going to come out of that one. But this one, I decided um, I'm going to just push through tonight and address codependency. Um, it reminds me of, of a, a community that I was in. I won't I won't say it because what I want you to focus on is the energy. Um, what I don't want to do is say it's this or this title. And then you say, well, I'm not in this title and you're not paying attention to the feelings and the frequency of, of what's going on. But yeah, I'm going to knock this one out because, um, I don't want to stay in this energy, (laughs) um, too long. And today was a really, really good day for me. So, but I had time and that's why I did that last podcast. But with that being said, I want to kind of get this out. It is a little bit not the happiest content to go through, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to another positive, upbeat, and um, productive week ahead. And um, yeah, yeah. So let's just kind of get through it. So I, I typed in codependency meaning because um, for those of you who remember or may have already listened to it, I did like two podcasts back. Um, I think it was like 12 to 18 soulmate connections. I really liked that message. Um, because when you think about it, when I was falling asleep, it's kind of like you really can have love coming to you from so many different directions. And I think sometimes it, it is easy to get caught up on, you know, relationship between me and him and her and he and, and that type of thing. But you have love coming to you from so many different directions and and the love can mean different things right it, it can also mean soul connection which is that deep intimacy right into me see connection that some of us you know I think everybody's born with it some of us suppress it some of us run from it um but thankfully you know it's there right and and i hope that you see the beauty of of that but one of the, the words that came up and i i know that we have to revisit is um the word that came up was codependency right um i think it was the second article we were reading through and and he was sharing you know the pros and the cons and so one of the cons was codependency another thing that we need to address is a, attachment styles but <clears throat> I think for the energy I'm in right now, I probably wouldn't want to address it until we get into the summer. You're welcome to do your own research on that. But I think every conscious person or divine person should be at least aware of what attachment styles are and how they manifest or show up in people so that you can navigate and move accordingly and just twirl right around them. But um, yeah, so let's talk about this. So codependency says excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Um, and then so now let's just, I'm just doing a, a Google search here. Let's go with this one. So it says, what are the signs of a codependent person? So I just want you to think about this. Be honest with yourself. Um, and in being honest with yourself and shedding light on it, you'll be able to kind of... Um, just heal yourself the way that you need to. Maybe you've heard this before, but now you're looking at it with a new fresh pair of eyes. All right. So, um, signs of codependency, and this can be in yourself or in other people. And I think he said there's eight. So they have difficulty making decisions in relationships, right? 
So it's like, well, I know I like you, but I don't want to commit. Um, I need time to think about it. We need time apart. <laughs> um, this is difficulty making this decisions in relationships is, you know, more than three months and you are not able to determine that you both like each other, like each other enough to, to try to grow together, understanding that you're both going to be growing as individuals, but growing in union. And of course that you're not going to be perfect. Like to this day, my parents, I swear to God, if we were to wait until they were perfect for each other, they would not be married. No way. (laughs) No way. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Four grown kids, a grandchild, you know, retired. My parents, if they had waited until they were perfect for each other, they would still not be married to this day. Okay. But they understood. And and that's one of the things that's so beautiful about watching their generation is they knew that kind of stuff. They talked about it, but they're like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I, I see your qualities. I want to grow with you. And they have grown together and they still have their little personalities and whatever. But this, when, when it's a codependent, it's difficulty making decisions in a relationship. This is, you know, going three months, six months, a year, no commitment, three years, five years, eight years, no commitment. I've heard even as much as 11 years, 20 years, still no commitment. Okay, so that's a sign of codependency. Difficulty making decisions in a relationship. It's just a lot of tug and pull and uncertainty. And this just reminds me over and over. One of my favorite um, uh, things that I remember hearing from April Mason was when you look at a divine masculine. uh, uh, Well, she doesn't use the word divine masculine, but she says a man is going to bring order and structure to your life. And a boy or someone who's not fully mature is going to bring chaos and disorder. And so here, this is an example of what chaos and disorder looks like. Difficulty making decisions in a relationship. Okay. Difficulty identifying your feelings. So one minute they kind of like you. One minute, you you know, you kind of like them. Another minute, um, it's very much that Alicia Key song. I keep on falling in and out of love with you, right? Difficulty identifying feelings. You don't know how you feel. You don't know how they feel. One minute you're high vibrational. One minute you're low vibrational. One minute you're in a 3D. One minute they're in the next, in the three in the 5D. And between you and the other person, it's just a lot of difficulty identifying and pinpointing what's going on. Okay. Difficulty communicating in a relationship. And this was one thing, you know, one of the reasons I like, and because I I listed three of my favorite tarot readers and those are my bays and that's who I go through. And I'm glad I found them and I, I'm not going to go anywhere else outside of that. But one of the things with, um, I think Alex healing tarot is she does, I'm, 
I don't know to what degree it's conscious, but she's always giving ideas and tips on how to communicate with your, with that person. And one of the things I remember talking about it, it's in my podcast, like way back. I don't know if I took it down already, but one of the things I was saying is I noticed the similarities between Christianity and, um, hmm. And, and tarot reading, right? Cause I wanted to make sure I don't mention a certain community or whatever, but what happens is you go to church and you hear the pastor uh, talk about um, his relationship with God and you see everybody else, you know, praising and singing and hallelujah and them talking about their pers- their relationship with God, but you are not in tune with God. And so when I was talking about the church of tarot, it's like, you go to this person to find out how your person is feeling. And they say, well, this person is going through this, that, and the third. And um, they're not telling you really what you need to do is have this conversation with your, with your uh, counterpart. This is how you grow the relationship. This is how you foster it. These are the things you need to talk about. Talk about your finances, about your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, your fitness, right? The children, the development, being enlightened, right? I just, and so, but when you start to look at it through those lens, because understand, Virgo North Node, I analyze. So sometimes I could trigger people. (laughs) I have to caution that because sometimes I feel like people get salty, but I'm just here to do, here to give the people what, you know, I was made for. I analyze things. So when I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it from all the different angles, it's kind of like, Um, and understand that even with reading, so understand I'm not opposed to them. Like I said, I have my three favorite, I have my base, but the strength is they give you tips on how to grow and build and talk to and be in communication with your divine masculine or your counterpart or your significant other, right? And keeping in mind that with the tarot readings also, the energy is fluid. It's changing all the time. Just the same way, like I remember two days ago, um, I, I got up, beautiful, sunshiny day, got to sleep in. I had been pampering myself. And then I went for my walk and I was just feeling funky. And I'm like, well, everything is fine in my life. I'm walking peacefully. The weather is perfect. The birds are singing. And I'm like, this is weird. But yeah, just feel funky. And you pull my energy on that time. And he would have pulled, oh, your divine feminine is just in a funky mood. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay. And then pull it later that night and it's like oh your divine feminine is just on cloud nine she is you know you can imagine her riding her purple unicorn and just happy and she's twirling all around her house and happy right but at the end of the day you need to be able to be in communication with your significant other right what's wrong with asking them how their day went and how they're doing and keeping the 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 information and the the communication going but that's one thing difficulty communicating a relationship it really really should be that simple if you can't text your babe and be like hey babe how's your day going how was your meeting um how did how was your visit to your parents house Did you pick up everything you wanted from the grocery store? Hey, do you want to go work out? Like if you can't have that type of communication, there's difficulty just communicating. It's a sign of codependency. Okay. You also can have different things, like I said, with um, gaslighting, you know, orbiting, um, 
ghosting, you know, maybe if something difficult comes up, then either you or that person will just prefer not to deal with the difficult situation, wait till things fizzle out and then try to come back and act like nothing happened. Okay. Next one, valuing the approval of others more than valuing yourself. And this one, um, I have seen this, but it's the need for validation, right? And I think that when we talk about relationships, then it starts to turn into, well, I don't have value because I'm not married and I'm not in a relationship, right? And so we we go about wanting to to now attach our value based on if this man loves me or is showing affection to me or is in my life, okay? So there's approval. It's kind of like, see, 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 he does love me. See, he did send me, send me flowers. See, he did send me something for Valentine's. See, 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 he is in my life. See, here's a photo of us together. He did take me out to dinner. See, so he does approve of me. So I do have value, right? But we do that. And so then when they break up with you or they've grown apart or they never wanted to, to, to be with you or they discard you, now you feel like you don't have value. And it can, you know, kind of put you in a spiral bind where now you have to go find the next person who can show that you're a person of value. And I think as we're raising the consciousness, we're starting to understand, you know, Being discarded does not mean that I don't have value, right? Um, Different men coming into my life and saying, well, we got to know you, just not a fit. We're not compatible with you does not mean that I'm not still a beautiful person. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes we can be tough on ourselves. Sometimes we can start to question ourselves, well, maybe if I lose weight, maybe if I'm more gentle and docile and maybe if I'm more submissive or maybe if I learn to be more domesticated or maybe if I, you know, make more money or have a certain look, you know. And, And so it's important to grow and cultivate and be the best version of yourself, but now you're attaching and so it's kind of like okay now i did this hairstyle now i'm this body shape when the, when this person comes in it's like oh okay now i have value this is the look i need to maintain because he's saying that i'm attractive he's saying i have value right so just something to think about lacking trust in yourself and having poor self-esteem so with this one trusting in yourself Hmm, that's an interesting phrase. Um, and having poor self-esteem. And it's so interesting they say poor and versus low self-esteem. I pay attention to those type of things, but I have talked about before how usually when someone has a is is like heartbroken, it you can see it in their finances. Um they're not manifesting as high as they could. You have people who are um, like high performer or get into a rhythm, but in that heartbroken state, there's so much more they can make also. But I just find it interesting, like the choice of words, poor self-esteem, like low vibrational, um, low, low frequency. And it's not to say it's a bad thing. It's just, you, you know, and so, but this is interesting too, because if you, if you're at a low frequency, your vibrational match is to 
is to attract somebody else who's also low vibrational, right? So it's just something to think about. Oh, this is another good one here. So it says, having fears. So there's that word, fears. False evidence appearing real, right? Wow. Having fears of abandonment or obsessive need for approval. So need of, need for approval um, kind of goes back to, I think, what we were talking about, like the need for, for validation. But this stuff really legit stems out of childhood um, your relationship with your parents. And, and if you decide to go ahead and look into um, attachment styles, you'll start to understand a lot of us sometimes think it's daddy issues, but it could be like I found most of mine come with my relationship with my mom, both, but I think most of mine come with from my relationship with my mom. But that need for approval comes from your childhood, right? And there, and so, yeah, kind of like just going back to the top, having fears of abandonment. One of the things like if, if you, um, <clears throat> this was a helpful practice for me to help, help better understand where I was at. And um, I read it within the last year um, when I was just kind of like searching to find out more about myself. But um, one of the things is think back to when you were a child, like how you felt and acted when you're, when you're parent left you in a room with someone else did you stay there and not you know connect with the other adult did you go play um did you cry when your when your parent left um how did you react when your parent came back did you just continue to play with your toys um were you able to engage with the other adult like those will give you indicators of what are some of the attachment styles or abandonment how you handle the fear of abandonment because that's going to definitely play into how you your relationships that you gravitate and allow into your life and I could see that with with my relationships right the role especially with um gravitating towards certain like certain communities it was like it made it more natural for me to except that I abandonment was okay for love. Now bear in mind, both of my I grew up in a two parent home. They're still happily married to this to this moment. But there are things that happen with um how you view um when 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 they withdraw, sometimes it's a form of punishment. And so you try to do everything to make sure that you put a smile on their on their face again. Right. And so that's why um, it's talking about obsessive need for approval also. It, it's so it's wanting approval is a natural part of life, I think, but it's the obsession that comes with it. And so now you've transferred that energy from your relationship at home to a relationship with with a love interest or how you perceive how you are loved and how you love. Okay. So the next one, having an unhealthy dependence on relationships, even at your own cost. Unhealthy dependence. So that one is interesting, you know, because the um, flip side of that is healthy dependence. I actually like that. You know, I think that um, it's good to see that contrast. There are such things as healthy dependence, but what is unhealthy? Um 
when you're relying on that person. And I think part of what they're saying here too, but let's not limit it to that, is if you think that this person makes me happy, this person makes me sad, this person, you know, means more to me than life or that type of thing. Um, uh, Yeah. So, and then the next one is, Having an exaggerated sense of responsibility for the action of others. You know what? I'm not I'm not gonna have enough time. I think I just wanted to kind of bring this up and flesh it out. But the, I think when I go back to the search, that's gonna be the next one. Exaggerated sense of um responsibility for others' actions, for actions of others, um, gravitating towards the savior complex, which can happen, especially if you think you're in the divine feminine or divine masculine, you think that you can save your counterpart you think that you can love them out of alcoholism or out of lack of ambition or out of low self-esteem or out of you you think you can love them out of narcissism um but yeah having an exaggerated sense of responsibility for the actions of others let me go back real quick so those were the eight signs of codependent relationship but um Let's see, example of codependent behavior, desire to fix, there it is, desire to fix or saves people and feel needed. The desire to fix people, the desire to save people, the desire to feel needed, right? So think about how many times we've had those relationships. And I think um, there was another um, one that was talking about the obsession with the other person. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say here too, but just pay attention to how many tarot readings you're getting. Are you obsessed, so obsessed with finding out what's going on with this other person and finding out what is he thinking? What is he sleeping? What is he breathing? Who is he talking with? Why is he with that person? Why is he with her? Why haven't they broken up yet? Why hasn't he come to me? And how many hours are you dedicating to this obsession with this other person? And um, how many hours per day? How much of that controls your thoughts? Um, especially if they're not in communication with you. I, I find it odd that if this person is making it blatantly clear that they don't want any parts of you, if they're not in communication with you, um, then... Why are you obsessed with someone who is has abandoned you and discarded you? I think that there's a little bit of healing that needs to happen in what I'm seeing here on the spiritual side of things, right? Um, yeah. So says codependency is learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another. It is also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, right? So when you um, listen to some readings, it's one-sided because you care what they think, you care what they want, you're invested in finding out, like, do they love me? Did it? and spending hours in different people and watching that kind of stuff. And they could care less. They could give a rat's ass. They're living their best life, sleeping with who they want to, in a relationship with who they want to. And, you know, they're not in these tarot readings trying to find out, well, does Rebecca love me? And is she thinking of me? And what is she doing now? Is she sleeping now? Is she feeling great? Is she feeling bad? Is she in a crisis? Like, what? You know, um, 
And so it says here, maintain relationships that are also emotionally destructive and or abusive, right? Um, let's finish out with this one. How do I stop being codependent? So it's here's eight steps. Contextualize your codependent tendencies. So just kind of like contextualize is another word, I think, for like... Mm, Put things into context, right? Analyze it. <laughs> Analyze it for yourself and just make sure that the checks and balances are okay. You might have to dig around a little bit more and just make sure that you're as healthy as you need to be. You might check in and find out that you're perfectly fine and that you're healthy and that's okay, okay? Um, some of you might need to fine tune and tweak some things here and there and that's okay. Next one, practice small acts of uh, smart selfishness. Okay, small acts of smart selfishness. So now you're tuning into your emotions and your thoughts and kind of putting the focus back on you versus like, what's going on with them? What if you were to, you know, replace one tarot person with looking in to see what's happening with him and that love interest and finding out what's going on with my money? What's going on with my finances? What's going on with my purchases? What's going on with my business? When is the best time to do a transaction? When is the best time to buy a property? When is the best time to um, do this marketing campaign? Uh, you know, how do I um, hire more employees, like looking into tarot and planetary placements on how to leverage like Taurus and Jupiter and, and those type of things? What, how many of those readings are about you and about your wealth and about your entrepreneurship, like your wealth, your success, your abundance and pulling stuff into you? It's, the other one is get to know your own true needs. Okay. Next one is be practice clear, direct communication. I love this article right here. It's from mindbodygreen.com. How to stop being codependent, eight steps from a therapist. Practice clear, direct communication. And again, I love, love, love that. I have observed it, you know, from my experience coming out of Christianity and then coming into spirituality. For these tarot readings, if you love someone, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of you trying to manifest back someone who discarded you. But the next time they come around, what are you going to communicate? How do you maintain that communication? There's a lot of books on how to talk with them and um, how to foster a nurturing relationship. Um, and I will probably be incorporating more of those because it's healthy for you to have communication with family, with friends, and soul connections, right? But practice clear, direct communication. And that might mean that you might want to ask for for um, commitment, right? And that you are going to set your limitations, right? Um, the next one is stay on your side of the fence. <laughs> oh, wow. Next one is noted, nurture your own unconditional self-love. I'm glad to see this here because I've been saying the unconditional love is for you. I listen. So you mean to tell me all this time I've been saying this is out here by a therapist? Nurture your own unconditional self-love. Woo. Let me screenshot this. I'm going to, the unconditional love is for you. Wow. Number seven, number seven, let go of your stories. Mm. 
That's interesting. I wish, I wonder if they could elaborate on that. I will come back to that when I have like three minutes left. The last one is release attachment to outcome. Let me just see if she has a little bit more on that one. Letting go of the stories. I kind of like it. I can agree with that because it's like, I'm in a space myself too. I'm not trying to hold on to any stories where they're low vibrational. Here goes. Recognize worst case scenarios as they surface in your mind. Stories keep you in a painful loop of trying to control others when your time and energy would be better spent on connecting with your own feelings, your own needs, desires, and values. Letting go of stories honors life opens you to possibilities and respects others' right to be on their own distinct world journey separate from yours. I love that. And I'm embracing that. Um, I can feel the growth in that. But I look forward to, I already know, like even between now and the summer, the stories, I have cut down substantially on the stories. And I will continue to, to let go of the stories of what I thought in the past relationships, right? And so, but that's healthy. And, and that means you have to be intentional about it. And it's a part of your raising your consciousness. So I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope that it helped. Um, and we are going to let go of this energy. Like I said, probably we'll visit attachment styles in the summer. Um, but looking forward to having a great week. I should have put my baby ahead, uh, to bed, my fur baby. It, anytime it's bit like um, sunset, he gets really finicky. But when I go out there, he's going to be so happy to see me. I'm going to give him his little snack to go to bed. And and that's it. So let me just... Bruno! Okay, okay, all right. So be blessed until the next pretty podcast. Peace.